1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: Well, it's time for another AFC Championship game crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And if You pay attention to the NFL, you know that means that Locked On Bengals is crossing over with Locked On Chiefs. Again, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here. I'm Jake Lisko. he's Ryan Tracy, and we will have you covered today for this crossover episode with the biggest stories, biggest matchups and predictions for the AFC Championship game. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So you can hit that subscribe button on YouTube or follow us anywhere you get your podcasts, and we'll be delivered to your devices when we upload our content, respectively, on Locked On Bengals and Locked On Chiefs every day. We appreciate all of you who make us your first listen. And Ryan, over on Locked On Bengals, we've got the first listen club, and I would encourage your listeners over at Locked On Chiefs to join that club of thousands of football fans across the country.
0: Yeah, that's great. We're going to have to put that into practice. Today's episode is brought to you uh, both on Locked On Bengals and Locked On. She's by Prize Picks. There are daily fantasy made easy sponsor, two to five entries. That entry can win you all kinds of game prizes. Up to hundred dollar deposit when you use our code Locked On. So you put in a hundred, you get a hundred. Check that out over at prizepicks.com. dot Lot coming here, and this is it's a fun time of year. It's been a while since we were on Locked On NFL together, so welcome back. Um, I love this this series. This is my favorite matchup. There's always the, the off-season talk about, you know, is it, is it Mahomes and, and Allen? Is it Mahomes and Burrow? Is it Allen and Burrow? Is, it, is Herbert in there somewhere? It seems, lately at least, it always comes down to these two teams. And your team has kind of had mine's number. I think it's really interesting because when you hear national media talking this week, oh, there's no way that the Chiefs on, on a bad wheel by the quarterback can even compete, yet it's been three three-point games. Like, How are you feeling about like what the hype is versus the reality?
2: I think if anyone's saying that the Chiefs can't compete or it's a foregone conclusion that the Bengals will just waltz into Arrowhead and win another football game is an overreaction to what happened in Orchard Park. And I think that a lot of it is because no one expected the blowout in Orchard Park. I think that even some of the staunchest Bengals fans out there didn't expect it to look quite that one-sided Even if they did expect a multiple score win for the Bengals, the running game working the way it worked in that game for the Bengals, the protection holding up as well as it did the consistent pressure on Josh Allen and his inability to make plays outside of structure. These are all things that I think were surprising, even for the biggest Bengals fans in that game. And regardless of Mahomes' ankle injury, as it sounds like he's going to practice on Wednesday, according to Andy Reid and himself, Patrick Mahomes, and his presser, if I'm the Bengals, I'm preparing for Mahomes as if he's going to be 100%, and then I'll adapt from there. I'm not going to go out there and say, let's, let's prepare for diminished mobility, Patrick Mahomes, or whatever it is. You obviously have a plan B if he mm-hmm. really can't move, because I think that does change the way you approach the game. But come on, the Chiefs are a really good football team. Patrick Mahomes is a really good player. Chris Jones is a really good player on the other side of the ball. The secondary is remade for the Chiefs over there. Still got great coaches. So why would this not be a close game again? I mean, to me, that's what it is. It's been a close series throughout. I would say in the regular season this year is maybe the most definitive result we've had. And the Chiefs still had a chance to win that game before Travis Kelsey's fumble and feel like they gave it away at the end, right? And so it's been a tight series. I don't see why that would change.
0: I, I don't either, honestly. And this is – you're right, Patrick's going to play. Um, it, it's a over-my-dead-body game for him. There's no way yeah. he, he misses out. But I'm really intrigued to see what the Bengals' defense chooses to do. Is Lou going to do what we saw the Jaguars try to do when, when Henny had to replace him for a little bit? Do you equate Patrick on 80% of an ankle – to Chad Henney in terms of mobility? And do you try to be what's been more outlandish and more progressive in sending more after him in the pass rush? Do you blitz him a little bit, knowing he can't escape like he has in the past? Like the X's and O's, the strategy of this ball game, I think is going to be different than what we've seen from the last three.
2: I'm really excited to see how they go about it. Well, and if you, if you hear Patrick Mahomes talking on Wednesday, he's said, you know the Bengals have approached me differently on defense every time we've seen them. They've yeah. got a great plan every time. They've got good players, right? And this is what Patrick Mahomes said. And there have been, I think, there have been some consistent elements to Luana Rumo's approach to Patrick Mahomes. There have been the drop eight elements, right, which still caused Mahomes problems when these teams played this year. I think he was one for five on eight drop eight dropbacks yeah. in the regular season game this year, but. Anna Rumo last year in the playoffs, wasn't afraid to dial up zero at times. And this year, I think still in the regular season, wasn't afraid on third downs in specific to send pressure until Mahomes started beating it consistently kind of in the second half of that game. So you're right. I think that that is one of the mo- more fascinating aspects of this game when there are a lot of stories to talk about. Right. Everyone wants to talk about Mahomes Burrow supremacy, which is ridiculous because this is a <laughs> team sport. And the outcome of this game doesn't tell you which quarterback is better. And also, it doesn't matter which I'm on a bit of a soapbox here, right? Okay.
1: Uh, okay. I, I, and,
2: and I was there on Twitter last night too, <laughs> which is that I don't, I don't care about the ranking conversation. It's, it's not very important to me. Both quarterbacks playing at an extremely high level. I think Joe Burrow playing at a, a near perfect level for the most part for the last 10 weeks, like just in terms of his processing, getting the ball to the right place with the right ball placement consistently on time has been pretty incredible but both these guys are really good. So you got that storyline, the quarterback storyline. You got the 3-0 and Borough record against the Chiefs storyline. You got Borough head and disrespect for, for the Kansas City Chiefs at home now after the Bengals have been disrespected. Now the Bengals fans are disrespecting the Chiefs. All these storylines you are hearing Travis Kelsey talk about on his podcast with his brother. Ryan, I think this is a fascinating game both from a narrative perspective and an Xs and Os perspective, but I'm curious from the chief side of things. You're more closely following the team of course in Kansas City and the fans that follow that team in Kansas City. What's the feeling around Patrick Mahomes' injury? Is that the biggest story? Is disrespect coming from the Bengals fan base and, you know, the Burrow head comments and all these things is that playing into playing into things in Kansas City?
0: It is for the fan bases. The team's oblivious. It's it's blinders on. It's trying to figure out what's what's the thing that flips it from these narrow margins against the Chiefs to be a narrow margin for them in this particular outcome. There is definitely a revenge factor for the team from last year's championship game. There is definitely a Why do they have a block that they seem to get the better of us over and over? Because, you know, the fan bases want to argue about whether it's disrespectful or not. The fact is the fact the Bengals have won three times in a row and they can't there's no excuse for that. You have to get to the point where whoever has to be accountable in the Chiefs locker room has to be accountable. And that's the one thing that I I do feel that we'll probably talk about what this season has been for the Chiefs and and expectations. A lot of people pick them not to be back in this situation against the Bengals this year. But that whole thing has been who picks up the slack? Who can be the next X factor? Who can be the next guy that sets something over the top in a positive way? They have improved a couple of areas that we'll have to touch on uh, on the defensive side as well. That's going to be, I think, the key difference when, when holding the ball. Maybe not as much as, as we think it is, but it's going to be a factor. I think we'll get into all those head-to-head matchups here in a little bit. But I've got to tell you, you guys, NFL playoffs are here. And a word from our newest friends over – at FanDuel, we're really excited about our new sports betting partner on, Locked on because they are the number one sports book in America. It is FanDuel. And if you've been on FanDuel, it's even better. They've got so many great features and things that make different ways of betting fun and easy. That's the key. For new customers right now, you can join today and you get $150 in free bets, guaranteed, when you place a first $5 bet, super simple. Just sign into to fanduel.com slash locked on. You can see it down here below. FanDuel is all your favorite bets from, from money lines to point spreads to player props. And you can combine them all into a same game parlay, which should be rife with opportunities here in this AFC Championship game. Plus, you get to combine them all and make everything come out the way that you want it. It's a, it's a safe app. It's secure and super easy to use. So don't miss out. You just have to place a $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose, doesn't matter. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL.
2: Ryan, I think some of the matchups in this game, as we get to the key matchups portion of the show, are fascinating. And we've talked about a little bit of it with the Lou Anarumo, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy chess match when the Chiefs have the ball. But one big difference this time is that Joe Tooney's playing and that uh, Kadarius Toney is playing. There's been a change at the cornerback position for the Kansas City Chiefs since these teams met in the regular season. Meanwhile, the Bengals have a remade offensive line. Jamar chase more than one game removed from his hip injury, which was a big return for him. I, I think that the Bengals generally, in, in some senses are healthier outside of the offensive line than they were the last time these teams played, but Mixon's back as well, right? Mixon being a big part of that. Yeah, for sure. How, how big of a difference is that? What, what's changed for the chiefs? since the last time these teams played from a personnel perspective or a schematic perspective that you think could play up and be a big factor this weekend?
0: It's been a lot of maturation. Uh, like you said, there's a corner change in particular. Now, it's not earth-shattering because we're replacing one rookie for another rookie, but we are. And, and I do prescribe to this concept that after 17 regular season games and now a playoff game, a couple for the Bengals, right, these rookies on Kansas City's secondary aren't rookies anymore. They've seen what they've seen. Now they have to elevate and go into new territory. There's players that that go their whole career without playing a playoff game. So for all intents and purposes, they are a regular season veteran player of a year's experience in my book. Now what can you do to elevate your game? Joshua Williams did play last time, and it is going to be Jalen Watson that starts opposite him, but you will see Williams. So there's a a definite start point and end point there in terms of maturation of those two young corners. Now, Legarius Snead, is still going to be there. Trent McDuffie had been very recently off. I think he was still within his four first four games back after he sustained an early season injury as well. His game has evolved quite dramatically as well. There's a lot to be happy about there, but there's also question marks because they, none of them have been in this situation. You throw in Brian Cook, who's going to be the third safety in this game and has been playing more reps, not only in the box, where he's, he's very, very comfortable and has some playmaking ability, but deep as well. And that allows, I think, for Steve Spagnuolo to be more creative than he was able to be in terms of disguising what he's doing with his secondary maneuvers. Is he going to go to more six? Is he going to try to play quarters? What is he going to mix it up with to try to keep Joe off, off base? That's going to be the big question for me. And I feel like this time it's more sustainable because the rookies have actually progressed some.
2: And I was very impressed with Trent McDuffie that first time around. He had a number of matchups with Jamar Chase where he just jammed Chase out of the play to the sideline, which you don't see very many corners do to Jamar Chase with his incredible strength and ability to defeat press in general. I thought that was pretty pretty cool. I'm also really interested to see what Spags tries this time because he's had three opportunities – Against this offense, and he's had halves of success. Mm. Uh, this year, not so much, right? Last year had a couple halves where he was able to slow things down. The Bengals offense, of course, making major strides this year as well. They're no longer the 989 sale inside zone team, they're running a variety of concepts in the running game. They've really evolved their passing game, I think they've evolved a ton pre snap as well. So, there's really chess matches all over the place here that you could look at, but one of the big, just individual player matchups that we're looking at, I, I think outside of that secondary that you just talked about. And I would say that six probably isn't the answer for spags against Joe Burrow. Who's just been tearing up cover six all year. Uh, is Chris Jones who disappeared when these teams met in the regular season had one of his worst games of the season. Talked to Sam Monson from PFF about this a little bit on yesterday's show on lockdown Bengals. And, is there a little bit of a one-man show kind of deal going on with Chris Jones? Is is that part of what's happening where teams can really key in on him at times and dedicate extra resources there and say, okay, George Karloftis or Frank Clark or Carlos Dunlap or Kalen Saunders or whoever it is, why don't you beat us? Because we're not going to let Chris Jones do it.
0: That's going to be the real question. Um, I, I liken it to an, to an older movie. Um, it's not that it's a one-man show, but y- you know those old band pictures, the posters he just put out where like the guitar is out front and he's in total focus, and the rest of the dudes are just kind of fuzzy in the background? That's right. definitely what's going on here. Somebody's got to step into focus to be that next guy up. And, and I really do think that there's multiple opportunities. It's partly due to, and I'm still kudos to the offensive line unit for the Bengals from last week for putting that together. I did not expect that performance. Can they do it two weeks in a row? And do they have to dedicate more than a, – a, in a diminished lineup, do they have to dedicate more than just a double team to Chris Jones? Chiefs have experimented with a, a number of ways, alignment-wise, rules-wise, and showing not only simulated pressure but real pressure to enable Chris to get singled up. And so yeah. if, if they are able to continue that trend, which I think, especially against the preparation of the Bengals, is going to have to take some unique looks, some new things. If they can continue that, that I think not only can he get home, but that is also going to drive some attention. There are a number of other contributors that can do it. Who it will be, we really don't know. The rookie card Beng-
2: finished. Go ahead. Sorry, Ryan. I was just going to say on the Bengals side of things, I-, I think that you've seen, while there might might be some physical drop-off in some of these players from the starters, you've seen a big evolution this year in terms of the mental mistakes. Last year, there were a lot of free runners getting after Joe Burrow, a lot of mental mistakes on the offensive line this year. I think that's mostly been cleaned up and you've seen a lot of teams trying those simulated pressures, stunts, things like that to try to free up runners or or get those one-on-one matchups. And of course they always work from time to time. Like you always will get one at some point, even against the best offensive lines. Usually, you know, you're going to have one rapid game or something like that at least. Right. But uh, I've been pretty impressed with the way the Bengals have evolved mentally in past pro this year. So, I am interested. Like you said, it will have to be something different because I feel like teams are really throwing the kitchen sink at the Bengals this year because they were the Super Bowl team last year. Right. And when that happens, as you know, teams will do more things to prepare for you defensively when you're an offense driven team, like the chiefs and the Bengals largely have been. And uh, you know, at this point, there's a bit of a divisional feel to it, right? Fourth time mm-hmm. in two years. and And I think this is an interesting storyline to things where these teams are for non-division opponents playing each other a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I agree with you because uh, I, I think the preparation has changed. I, I don't think Carlos Dunlap can expect to be unblocked in a goal line situation again. You know, that's not going yeah. to happen again. And, and, and you maybe have to don't say,
2: call the jet sweep to Trent Taylor there next time. Maybe not,
0: just saying. But, you know, everybody learns. you got to try it out, right? It's, it's especially when you have this kind of back and forth, like there's always little looks. you got to keep exploring how you can exploit your opponent, and I, I get that. But I do think it's going to be tougher in the trenches. Can they can they do something on the Chiefs' side that they haven't shown yet? It's been a very, very controlled game plan and how much they let out of the bag on both sides of the ball. Andy's always got a deep bag of tricks on the offensive side. But Spag has not done a ton that you haven't seen him do year after year. So there is something coming. I just can't tell you what it is.
2: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting the last matchup that i think is interesting to me in this game that we haven't talked about obviously there's there's the return of Kadarius tony there's dealing with travis kelsey these are the same as they've always been uh Kadarius tony not so much travis kelsey the same as ever uh patrick mahomes still the same quarterback that he's been for this year mobility questions there should be another contained plan for the bengals there so just for for the Bengals perspective of things, something that I've been talking about a lot that maybe Chiefs locked on Chiefs fans haven't heard uh, is there's been a great contain pass rush plan from the Bengals, all the, and all the occasions they've played against Patrick Mahomes. He's averaging one attempt less outside of the pocket against the Bengals than he is against other teams. He's not performing as well from outside of the pocket against the Bengals as he is against other teams. You're seeing a, a reduced efficiency as well, where he's holding the ball longer. He's holding the ball 0.3, 0.4 seconds longer against the Bengals than he does against other teams across those three games. So these are things that, you know, is changing the look. It's the drop eight stuff. It's the, the pass rush plan and the execution of that plan to try to contain Mahomes and not let him be really evasive outside of the pocket. But one of the big differences in this game versus the last game that I wanted to talk about was the return of Joe Tooney where I think that was a bit of an issue for the Chiefs when these teams played last time. And I do still think Trey Hendrickson is an advantage against Orlando Brown for the Bengals. But that interior offensive line for the Chiefs and the run game, to me, are big X factors in this game.
0: Well, and if you hit the nail on the head, yes, Tooney's return is significant, but it doesn't alleviate the bigger problem of the outside pass rush on the left-hand side. And it doesn't alleviate the fact that despite having what I think is the best interior three in football, Andy Reid doesn't run down the middle. He's Mm. not going to take advantage of that. He just doesn't want to do it unless he has to. I will give credit that Rookie Pacheco has really, I think, made him think twice about giving him a little bit more run. It's still going to be heavy inside zone. We'd like to see them run more power because we think that helps the running back. Uh, Me and my my crew over on uh, Rogue ABC and NFL 33, we break down all the film every week. And we've been begging for this for, I don't know, three years, but certainly the last six weeks. Yeah. Will they uncork it against the Bengals? I think that's a significant plus because the, you can have all the debate that you want about whether the running game actually affects the outcome of games or not. In the end, the physicality thing, they that's something the Chiefs come up short in. I think we'll talk about that probably in the next segment because I think it's more significant than just this particular run game. But if they can do that, you have to protect Mahomes because those outside-the-pocket throws are likely not going to be be part of the plan this week. It's going to be a pocket pass. I think that's something that not only are the Chiefs trying to get their heads wrapped around. I think the Bengals have to as well.
2: Yeah, I think that you're you're on to something there and that's interesting the lack of of taking advantage of those interior offensive linemen because they are great. And and Creed Humphrey did a really good job against DJ Reader too who's been an absolute force yeah. for the Bengals in their running game. Let's get to some predictions, Ryan. I, I want to get your take on some, some X factors in this game as well and see if you have any other thoughts there because I do think the running games, well, you know, what, what are you going to say about running games that hasn't been said versus the efficiency of a passing game and, and what determines the outcome of games? I think that those are a factor that I want to get to a little bit as well. But let's, let's get to predictions too. That's what we do on the crossover episodes. Right. We'll finish the show there coming up next.
0: But first – you got to bet the lines, right? That's what you want. A, a message from our friends over at Prize Picks. It's the easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. And right now it's Patrick at 265.5. I'm sorry, 264.5, and it's Joe at 265.5. 0.5. One yard difference. All you got to do is choose who goes more and who goes less. Put those two together, maybe with a couple of up to six other players, and you can win 25 times your entry amount. It's just that easy. There's no competing against other lineups. You don't have to change anything. There's no picking up or dropping. It's super simple. You can play all the major sports, but we know you don't care. You just want to play NFL, and you just want to play this game, and I don't blame you. So put those together at 60 seconds or less. It's safe and easy withdrawals. They go fast in 30 states and Canada. And all you have to do is go get the app somewhere. You can go to pricepicks.com, play there, or you can get the app on any app store. It makes things easy. And then use that code below my face somewhere over here. It's locked on. And that gets you 100% deposit bonus. If you put in 50, you get 50. You put in 100, you get 100. If you put in 1,000, you're still only getting 100 because there's a
1: $100 cap on it. So check out that code locked on at pricepicks.com.
2: Before we get to predictions, Ryan, real quick, I just wanted to open the floor for you for X-Factors. To me, the run games for both teams, keeping these offenses on schedule, especially if Mahomes is limited in terms of his mobility and that limits his game at all, which I think a big part of his game is his mobility. I still think he's a really good quarterback on half of a leg and a half or whatever it is, <laughs> but um, keeping the offense on schedule, keeping the offense in you know second and five, third and two, instead of third and eight, for both teams, while they're both very capable of converting third and long, it's just better for efficiency to A, avoid third downs altogether with good first down running efficiency and B, staying in third and shorts. Uh, what else is there that, that people aren't maybe thinking about? Because everyone's thinking about the passing offenses and, sure. you know, can, can the Chiefs secondary deal with? the Bengals weapons and what's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes. Can the Bengals again, limit his effectiveness, his efficiency. What else, what else, what's the story that people aren't thinking about from the chief's perspective?
0: The number one thing is, is strategy. How do you go about this game? Is it business as usual? We've seen the chiefs lose to this team three times in a row by trying to do their normal thing of move the ball early, look for your deep shot, try to limit them enough and just outscore them by a couple of points to get a W right That stuff doesn't work. We got to throw that out the window, especially with Patrick's injury. It's got to be tempo and design. You got to get the ball out. It has to be quicker, like you mentioned in the last segment. When you're holding it an extra fourth, four tenths of a second against this particular team, you're doing something wrong. And that's only accentuated by the injury. So it's got to be the quick hitters. And no offense to anybody, Lou or otherwise, you want to run drop eight. There's still holes in that defense. You have to identify and attack them. They do that with efficiency. They get off the run. You supplement by running the ball a little bit. You're in business. I think that's the thing. It's the mental side. I'm not as worried about the ankle as I am about the understanding how you have to adapt to the ankle. And then, obviously, being able to see what's in front of you. What did the Bengals choose to do this time?
2: The quick game would be such an interesting answer. If if, if Andy Reid just says, you know what? We're going to hit the back foot. The ball is coming out. Because that's what the Bengals' offense has done lately. To To a significant degree, what you've seen the Bengals do, especially the last couple of weeks where they've had injuries on the offensive line, is the ball's coming out lightning fast. And you know that Patrick Mahomes is processing at a level that's comparable, equal, better, whatever it is. It's in the ballpark of Joe Burrow. Part of his superpower is his ability to see the field, is his field vision, is his ability to understand coverages, regardless of what whatever funny stories there were a couple of years ago about him not knowing coverages. Wasn't that a thing? A ridiculous <laughs> thing. Am I, am I remembering that correctly? No, no,
0: you have it right. It, it's shocking, but it's there.
2: Yeah. So the quick game would be a fascinating answer. And then what do you do if you're the Bengals to deal with that? I, I still think it's a drop eight, to be honest. You try to get guys into the throwing lanes. You try to make him pull down from that first read, try to figure out where he wants to go with that first read, take that away. But you're right. I mean, when these teams meet, it is it is consistently such a an interesting battle of wits between the coaches. Ryan, I don't remember if you're a prediction guy. I am not a score prediction guy, so we might be wanting for predictions here a little bit. But (laughs) no, I'll give you one. It's been three in a row for the Bengals against the Chiefs. They did it last year in Arrowhead. It was it was a. Another second half. Last year, before this game in the AFC Championship, you know what I said? I said you're not going to hold Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to three points in the second half twice. And, uh, and- then the Bengals went and did that. <laughs> the Bengals have been a great second half defense this year as well, with Lou Anarumo getting a lot of credit for adjustments. How do you see this game going?
0: You know, I think it comes back to taking the opportunity that's there and. The one thing that everything we talked about last and, and certainly this, the other X factor that's in this game is the physical part. And this is why I think those three-point halves have come back to back. And normally I would say, you're right, there's no way that repeats itself. But until you you take it, and, and I really, I may be out on a limb here in terms of coverage for for Chiefs Kingdom, but I see this as, a, as the big brother situation. I don't think the Bengals are a bully. They're just your big brother that likes to knock you around a little bit. Until you go back at them. And bring that level of physicality, which the Chiefs have not done in these last three games. you got to run the ball. you got to attack them. you got to put them on the ground. I need five Trey Smiths out there on offense. That's what I have to have. And if that does happen, then I think they're able to keep it to the point that it is neck and neck like it's been. You control the turnovers. I think you're right there. I won't go out on a limb. I think the last team with the the ball probably wins it. I will tell you it ends up 31-30 Kansas City.
2: Yeah, and I, of course, would expect nothing less from a host of Locked On Chiefs. I mean, you can't, you can't pick against the guys you've been covering in the AFC Championship game. I, I get that. Look, I, I think that there's no reason that this game will be terribly different from the other games these teams have played. I, I think no team has any reason to be afraid of the other team. These teams are not going to back down from one another. I think that there are some very interesting matchups. Jamar Chase has been a bit of a nightmare for Kansas City, right? And Trey Hendrickson this year, a bit of a terror in in the regular season game. He's dealing with a broken wrist, too, that he's been playing through Mm. for three weeks now, four weeks now. So uh, it hasn't seemed to diminish his effectiveness too much. And they've seen some guys step up in the defensive trenches, too. The, The trench battles will be interesting, the X's and O's battles will be interesting and we'll have more as we prepare for this game on Lockdown Bengals and Lockdown Chiefs. We'll have game previews, of course, coming up. We'll have you covered after the game as these teams, once again, will duke it out for AFC supremacy and a trip to the Super Bowl. Ryan Tracy, thanks for joining us from Lockdown Chiefs. I'm Jake Lisco from Lockdown Bengals. This has been the AFC North Lockdown NFL crossover on the Lockdown Podcast Network.